Andy, go. One thing you learned. Terrence Shannon Jr. I didn't learn this though. I was going to say he's really good. I said something you learned. I didn't. That's we knew that though. Something I learned. Jaden Epps is for real. Jaden Epps is. That's what I learned. A bucket. That's what I learned. Okay. We learned something new. Welcome really to the WCIA Three and One Podcast. Brett Barron's here and Andy Olson breaking down a blowout one hundred three to sixty five win over Monmouth for the now nineteenth ranked Illini. And this game was never in question. Nope. And Illinois now goes to Vegas. All right, let's wrap up the pod. There we go. <laughs> you know, not to bring politics into it, but it's like when those projections where the polls close and they <laughs> immediately have like the, the projected winner. There That's what it was tonight. The The tip off happened and then you had the projected winner already done and there was never a doubt. Illinois led the entire way. This one, Monmouth is not good. 271 in Ken Palm coming into tonight. Illinois did what it was supposed to do, take care of business, and not act sleepy before a trip to Vegas. Yeah. Able to uh, clean some things up. Some things still an issue. Uh, turnovers for one of those things for the Illini that I thought was a little sloppy at times. 18 turns for the Orange and Blue. That's not going to get it done against high major teams. But they did get up and down the court. Saw some things yeah. in transition. Saw Dane Danger to continue to take some steps forward. Jaden Epps is a bucket. 21 points for him. 15 for Danger. Taryn Shannon Jr. drops a 30-piece. And uh, 10 fouls drawn on Terrence Shannon Jr. He's too. so good at that. He is going to be in the NBA next year. Yeah. That much I'm confident of. <laughs> and uh, Illinois... I think that's about right. 19 in the country right now. I feel like that's... I'd say so. That's, that's pretty close. And with room to grow, too. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt room to grow for where this team will be. We are going to find out a lot this weekend. I'm not sure that we're going to spend 15 minutes here breaking down what we saw <laughs> against uh, the Mon Mouth. Uh, they, they weren't very good. And they're not. And that's okay. This is a, a quote-unquote buy game for Illinois to just pick up the W, feel good about themselves, and and overall, Andy, just how do you feel three games in, three-game homestand to open up the season for Illinois? Now they get their first big test. UCLA, number eight in the yeah. country, Friday night, 8.30 Central Time uh, in a game on ESPNU. I think even if they go 0 for 2 at the main event, which would be a loss to UCLA and then a loss to either Baylor or Virginia, I, I don't know if my expectation or, or what I think of this team would change from what it was coming in, which is this team is really good. There's a lot of new pieces, a lot of young pieces, and we've seen that in the first three games, though, those pieces trying to fit together, trying to figure out the puzzle to make it all work, and uh, it's been successful. You, you've seen those flashes of what the team can be. It's still uh, clearly not all there, like you said. The turnovers need to be fixed and things like that, uh, but you see enough flashes in these games against low-major opponents to think, okay, you know, there there is something there, and they, even if... It's a bad week in Vegas. You, you lose both games. That does not change for me that I think this year's team is better than last year's team, in my mind, for, for Illinois. I think the way that they play is different, and I think that the way that they play this year is more what would work well in you know an NCAA tournament setting you know, against other really good teams. Um and Sustainable I'm excited. in March. Exactly. That's kind of how I view it. And it, it. More consistent play as well. You're not – if we look at last year and one of the gripes was that the inconsistency of relying on one player to get most of your points, right? And if Kofi Coburn had a bad night, then it's like, uh, I don't know where Illinois goes to in those certain situations. Whereas this team I feel like has so many different people it can go to, players it can go to that – 
I, I see more consistency with this team. And uh, so far, Darren Shannon Jr. has been the best one, but I still think there are guys behind it that you can go to in certain situations. And, you know, Illinois will be pretty good this year. Yeah, TJ's going to go, or I should say Illinois is going to go as TJ goes, which I, yeah. I feel like is the case, but I do feel like they can uh, add some new wrinkles and new pieces along with that. And I think that's going to continue to evolve. Brad, after the game, mm-hmm. said he felt the team is starting to gel a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how did you take that comment from him in terms of, where they're at in the growing spectrum of, of there's still a long way to go, but they're doing okay. Yeah, I think um, the easiest way to look at that is to look at how, how the freshmen are, are doing right now. There's four of them, all top 100 guys, so of course they're going to get a lot of the headlines coming into this year. Uh, for me, really just the first minute of the game is how is what I look at and think about how they have gelled from game one to game three, they were up eight, nothing before the first minute of the game was done with. Like they came out firing. It wasn't like against UMKC where it was one from 18 from the field before they really found their footing. They had the energy and they, and they were rearing to go. And that it, it may not be like that every night. That's fine. Sure. But the ability to play at that kind of level, I think is important to see at this point so that we know it's possible moving forward. It's not like, they have the potential to do blah, 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 whatever. We saw it. They can do it. So it's just about trying to build off that. Yeah, I think they're they're making positive steps. And it doesn't mean they're going to go out and go 2-0 and or even win a game in Vegas, like you had said. It could go 0-2, but you still feel pretty positive, I think, if they compete. Mm-hmm. And they especially limit these turnovers. Now, part of that's going to happen when they're getting up and down the court. And, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm okay with that in a sense. Yeah, because when they get up and down the court correctly – you do not want to be uh, on the other end of Terrence Shannon Jr. driving at you. No, and Monmouth didn't have the athletes to compete with Illinois, no. and, and Illinois knew that tonight going in. So that's a little bit of an unfair assessment in that. But you know, to still have uh, 21 assists, you know, uh, they're they're moving the ball, they're sharing the ball. I, th- I think they did okay in in that sense. Um, didn't get to the line, I think, as much like. TJ's the best driver, one of the best drivers in the Big Ten. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Yeah. And it's not like I've seen a, a lot of the other Big Ten teams so far this season, but like I f- I'm pretty pretty sure he's going to be one of the best drivers, and he's performing and like a first team All Big Tener, which he is preseason. They missed that kind of slasher last year. Yeah, too. no doubt. Yeah, and I mean they had that with Io a couple of years ago, but I feel like not a feel. I know like Terrence has a bigger body than Io. Yeah. Um, he's a great free throw shooter, just like Iowa was. I think they're both in that kind of mold. He's just thicker, he's taller, and I don't think he's going to do a really good job this season uh, getting to the rim and shooting a ton of free throws. Shot 10 tonight, made eight of them. Hey, you'll take that clip. That's uh, less than his career much. average, which is <laughs> yeah. saying something. 13 for 15 the other night, yeah. last Friday, um, you know, against Kansas City. And he goes 9 of 14 from the floor and 4 of 9 from 3. I mean, it just, it's one of the best players in the Big Ten. And it shows what a high-impact transfer at the Power 5 level can do for you. Uh, Matthew Meyer struggles again. What would you make of him going one for five, all three-pointers in the game, uh, three rebounds, and two fouls? It felt like that he maybe had broken out of that a little bit because I believe his first shot was one that went down or one of his first ones. Uh, He didn't play a lot in the second half. I don't know if that has more to do with his conditioning like we mentioned the last time on this podcast if it has to do with what the score was, just because it was so out of hand at that point. Um, but, but R.J. Melendez got in there in, in the second half some, and he's another one of those guys that hasn't really clicked with it yet. Uh, so Meyer, you know, uh, he is 
playing hard. I, I will say that. And, and that was something that I noticed today. It's not like it's a low effort one of five. I just think something needs to click for him. And for, for whatever reason, it just has not at this point. So something to keep an eye on against some really tough opponents coming up later this week. Um, because, you, you know, you'd love to have the Matthew Meyer of Baylor, you know, with you when you go to those high major opponents. Uh, but whatever it is, you know, something is just not quite there yet. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't seem like it's all clicking on, on you know, full cylinders quite yet for Meyer. Uh, two fouls, three rebounds, two assists, no turnovers. They get one steal, and from the what I saw, you know, which was very limited in that sense. I was only there at the game for a little bit tonight, um, but you know, he seemed like a willing defender. Seemed like he was yeah. um, putting some effort into that side of the ball. I think Brad still wants more out of him, though, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just consistency playing defense. Uh, you mentioned R.J. Melendez only played uh, 14 minutes, four of seven from the floor, uh, nine points, two assists. Did have two turnovers, but two steals, and and I felt like he made an impact. Five rebounds as well in there, and and commits three fouls. But I feel like he is finding his groove a little bit more. Uh, still in the starting lineup, I don't think Brad's going to tinker with that for a little while. I think he oh, wants, yeah, it's going to be a bit. I think he wants to see this, and I really think he likes having Dane Danger come off the bench along yeah. with Jaden Epps. If if you have those two guys, you know, six seven guys, like that's better than most Big Ten teams, and and Dane. Strong once again. I mean, 15 points for him. Didn't have the the rebounds. He told you after the game in your courtside interview that it was, he was pissed he didn't have those 10 rebounds he wants. But yeah. uh, overall, I, f- I feel like Dane is, is a really capable and plus bench player for Illinois. It's really fun looking at the stats and, and seeing where all of these shots came from. Because, I mean, you, it's impossible to keep track of when you're shooting the game and everything like that. You know, seeing that Dane was seven of nine from the field, um, you know, he had double digit shots against UMKC because he was making them all and he was backing everyone down. It, it is nice to see Dane being able to have that type of game without taking uh, double digit shots. You know what I mean? Like, he is going to be the guy who's consistent. When you need buckets down low, he's going to give you buckets down low. And when. Things are working on the outside like they were today for Terrence Shannon and for Jaden Epps. Then you can you can do that because that's what's beating Monmouth. Uh, and as far as Epps, like I said at the beginning, what I learned was that he's for real. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I don't know if you can make you can make the case for either Epps or Sincere Harris that they were the least touted freshmen in this class. Uh, it, Sky Clark and Ty Rogers wouldn't get all the headlines, and those yeah. two were almost a well, little Sincere bit. Sincere was a little lower rated. Than Jaden, I yeah. mean, Jaden's still a top seventy guy. Yeah, every, you know, every all guy. of them were in the top one hundred, at right. least in one of the uh, recruiting websites, recruiting outlets. To me, um, Jaden just looks confident. Man. Yeah, which I, I think he's you, got it right now. Which you love to see going into these, you know, two high major games here, and the biggest test for Illinois basketball so far in this young season is going to be this weekend. And uh, Jaden doesn't seem like the moment's too big, and I don't think any of the freshmen really do. Mm-hmm. But especially with Jaden playing in the uh, lead guard position, I just feel like he rolls out there. He knows that he's good. He knows that he can get a bucket. And he goes and gets it, and that you just don't always see that confidence beaming from a freshman like I, I see from Jaden Epps right now. How about two podium games already for the freshman? I know, right? Pretty like, crazy stuff. Like j- he's just put together really good performance in it performances. And as good as Sky Clark has been playing, being that starter at point guard and running that offense, Jaden Epps has been the most impressive freshman. I yeah, think. and Sky Clark plays 20 minutes. You know, Jaden outplays Sky in terms of minutes. 
But I, I, like I said, I just, I don't think Brad's going to mess with the starting lineup. Like I don't think he's going to put Jaden in there. Sky goes seven points, six assists for him. Does have two turns, uh, grabs one rebound as well. Commits three fouling, a little ticky tack stuff in there. Sometimes yeah. he's got to learn how to defend without fouling. Uh, but I just think Brad loves Jaden off the bench and Dane off the bench, and we're we're going to continue to see that coming in there. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, another quiet night, one for five. Uh, you know, did have five rebounds in there. And, and Brad said afterwards he, he wanted to see Coleman get going a little bit, I think, right? Yeah, and, and Coleman looked pissed, I'll tell you what, during the game. Well, after you score 23 in the yeah. season opener, like, you know, scoring six points yeah. seems like nothing. And it, it, maybe he's relying – tonight he was not relying too much on that three-point shot. I think we saw against UMKC – Tried a few from the outside. It wasn't working, so he, he stopped shooting from there. Only tried one from the outside today, 0 for 1. 1 for 5 on the day. Uh, and a lot of those were seemed like they were, were tip-ins. He got fouled a few times. We went through the free-throw line to make his shots there. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is with Coleman. I think we saw this last year where there, were, there was that stretch towards the beginning of conference play where he kind of just faded into the background. Yeah, he really, disappeared. Yeah, didn't really <laughs> have anything going. So Illinois cannot afford that this year. They need him to do something. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be the Eastern Illinois output. It can be more of a complementary role. Uh, but, you know, you want more than six points from him. Yeah, and one field goal, like, you know. Exactly. Scores four of his six points from the free throw line, which is great, but... You know, I think for this team to be successful long term, you got to have Coleman Hawkins uh, making more than one shot in the game. And I think it's the same to say with Matthew Meyer. Like, you know, you got to have those guys making more than two shots, going two for 10 uh, combined from the field. At least with Coleman, you do know you're going to get a hard defender. Yeah, no doubt. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, like I said, credit uh, to him for that. They're not going anywhere. Like Brad's in for the long haul with all these guys. So we'll see what it adds up to this weekend. Uh, I'm really looking forward to Friday night. UCLA number eight, Illinois nineteen. More than just the game, top twenty showdown. It's everything, Andy. The trip to Vegas should be a lot of fun, and we're going to see what this team is made of, and yeah, we really will. And we're going to see what Illinois football is made of Saturday. You'll be at Michigan, yeah, and uh, it should be a lot of fun for Illini Nation to just get a comparison, or it's going to be really poor <laughs> when they don't play well, and we're going to figure out. Oh boy. Could this could this not, be this not going well? Could this this could either be the best weekends or the worst weekend in a while? For okay, so what's a successful fans? weekend for you? Uh, let's let's combine football <laughs> and basketball. Combine both. If Illinois wins against Michigan, top three team Michigan, I, yes. I don't think they're going to be. I think they'll probably say three. Don't you? Like nothing's going to change the in the college football playoffs tomorrow, right? Yeah, I think they're going to be state three. Georgia, Ohio State, Ohio Georgia, state Georgia. State yeah, in, sorry, in Georgia, Michigan. Uh, so uh, it'd be a top three football win and well, two TC, basketball. TCU losses. got a good win, but I don't think they jumped. No, nah, I think they still are going to be four. Yeah. I, I don't think it changes the top four. So would you rather have a football win over Michigan and two basketball losses, or like a, a win over UCLA, football loss, and you know, loss on Sunday? I'm uh, I'm a really big football guy, just in general. So I think I would go the upset win over Michigan. I mean, do you think a lot of nation would take that at this point, knowing that you have to win two for football in the Michigan and Northwestern, and get a loss from Purdue? I think it depends on what the losses in basketball look like, okay. right? Uh, but you think about they're not really comparable at this moment in time, right? Yeah. 
November oh, resume building win for Illinois. I guess, but number like, eight over UCLA, like those, those would, are going to come out big in March. They will, but will the committee hold those losses against them? I don't think. As far as no, as long as they're not blown goes. out, I think that's yeah. the biggest metric in that is is if you play competitive, it's it's not that big of a deal. Like they're not expecting to win. No, I think a lot of nation would take the football win right now just because yeah. they're they're you know on life support in the West and and mm-hmm. to have any hope of going to Indy. Or, you know, I feel like if Illinois football is able to beat Michigan, that elevates a bowl status. You it does. Know what I mean, yeah. like, okay, you're you're going to get to nine then and be in a Florida bowl. Yeah. Because I think right now they're they're out of a Florida bowl. Probably. Yes. They're probably in Nashville or Charlotte at this point. Well, let's do it. Which let's... is still fine. Like, those are not bad bowl games. No. It's not like you're in Detroit. But is Michigan going to get a uh... – all right, if Michigan goes 11 and 1, Ohio State wins the Big 10. We're going way off topic here. Are they uh they I guess they have a chance to make the CFP? Michigan? Yeah. Uh, 11 and 1 Michigan. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I think they might. Depending on what happens around them, I think they might. Anyways, let's say they go Rose Bowl. Who'd go? I think they'd go to the Rose Bowl if Illinois somehow beats yeah. them. And they go to the Rose Bowl. Now, if they beat Ohio State, you're saying they beat Ohio State. No, no, I'm saying that uh, they lose to Ohio State. They beat Illinois. Oh, okay. Like um, they go I to think Ro- it have to get pretty wacky. Yeah, they go to Rose. All right, say they don't make it. They go to Rose Bowl. Who's the two Big Ten teams in Florida? You think? Um, Penn State. Penn State's one. Probably at the what? ReliQuest. ReliQuest. Penn State. Mm-hmm. That's if Penn State doesn't get a different New Year's Six Bowl. Correct, and that's kind of where it gets tricky with the near six bowls can get shifted around a little bit. Yeah, and Penn State's definitely in there for an at-large, I think. But if Illinois settles at eight, uh, I think they're right on the border of that Florida-Nashville swing. I can understand. won eight last year. I think they were in Nashville. Yeah. But it all good, goes good top game, down. Good game against Tennessee, oh, that man. That was crazy, wasn't it? They scored like 148 points yeah. or something. Not I think you're right that they're right on the edge, but it all comes down to do those bowl games want like Iowa? Or Purdue or Illinois, right? So I don't know what it's going to be. Minnesota, well, Purdue, maybe. I think Purdue then gets elevated. So if it's probably, like, you know, Purdue. Well, Purdue could win the Big Ten West with a worse record overall than Illinois. Oh, no doubt, and they probably will. I yeah, mean, you know, they're going to be seven wins or whatever, but they're going to have that distinction of being mm-hmm. Big Ten West champ. And then you know, do they get put into uh, affordable? I don't know. It'd be interesting. I just think mm-hmm. I, the overall question, Andy, was just. Do you think Alana Nation would yeah. take a football win right now this yes. weekend over two basketball wins? Let's just put it that way. Basketball wins two or not and or just or football beats Michigan. I'd say football, but it's probably close closer than you would think. This is a basketball town, which is, is which is why which is why I hesitate. But I think it is football. And I think losing two straight at home with the chance sure. and destiny in your hands has soured a lot of people. Like, oh, well, it's basketball season. It's basketball season. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I'm with you on that. All right. I, I think football is the answer, but it's like you have to think about it for a second. I think football is the answer as well. But I I do think there's a large majority of Atlanta Nation that would just say, no, give me the basketball wins. Yeah. Because now that's two marquee mm-hmm. resume building wins in March that are not going to like those aren't taken away. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you beat no matter how good UCLA is, what I think they are good. And no matter how good Baylor or Virginia end up being, like you have that mark of you beat a top potentially two top ten teams. You know what I yeah. mean? Hundred so, percent. Just something to think about. I don't know. We'll leave you with that. <laughs>
on this Monmouth pod. Andy, we said we were going to go 10 minutes. We've got almost 20. Well, we got a lot to talk about. We do. Fingers crossed that it's a, it is a good weekend for Atlanta Nation. We'll see. It could be a bad one. We'll see. We'll, we'll get back to you next week on how <laughs> this goes. We'll have plenty of coverage this week. Andy's heading to the big house. His first trip to Ann Arbor oh, yeah. to see Illinois and number three Michigan play. I am heading to Vegas. And I'll have coverage. Man, we got a great weekend ahead. Sure do. Uh, lined up. We'll have it all for you. Pre-game shows from Basketball Friday in Vegas, from Football Saturday in Ann Arbor. Andy, do your best to stay warm. And then Sunday oh. again with Basketball, uh, either Virginia or Baylor. We'll have post-game press conference feeds. We'll have three three-in-one podcasts back-to-back-to-back yeah. again. whole bunch of stuff coming for you. Thanks so much for tuning in, listening and uh, streaming us all the same, watching on-air content. We're doing our best to give it all to you. For Andy, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, this has been the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast.